Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that Connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring an offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our Give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the Word as we look at it together. Good morning. Welcome to Big Valley Grace Community Church here on the Modesto campus. How are we doing today? All right. How, how's your New Year's going? Good. Yeah, some of you sound like it's going really great. Some of you are looking eight days in already to start over, I think, maybe, huh? Hey, that's all right. You know, God's grace is new today. His mercies are new today, and the first eight days may not have exactly gone how you were hoping they were going to go. But you know what? We can start fresh in Christ right now. And I'm glad to be together with you. We've, we've got some things to celebrate. One of those is we had a short-term mission team go to Vietnam. We commissioned them in between two of the Christmas Eve gatherings and sent a team out to Vietnam. And we're celebrating that the, the ministry that they had opportunity to do. The majority of the team has now returned home. They partnered with a church in Vietnam and some interesting things are happening in Vietnam where the government is starting to recognize Christian churches as legitimate churches. And so this church that they partnered with is a church that has been there for 14 years. This church has planted two other churches and now they have a mission in the nearby mountains that they're petitioning for the government for those to now be recognized as legitimate churches. This church has a school. It's part of the reason of why we chose this church to partner with is because we're a church with a school. And this is a church with a school. And their school has 100 students in it. It's been a school for five years. It's a Christian school. And it's drawing lots of students because they're teaching English alongside as they teach the scriptures. And so people are coming. The students are wanting to learn English and they're teaching them about Christ. And uh, exciting to see as this church, what this church is doing for the ministry as they're trying to bring more Christian resources to be translated into the language for, for the people there. But one of the things that I found really interesting to hear from a report from this short-term mission is as our team shared with the local church in Vietnam the, the vision God's given us for our church to love your actual neighbor, that church spent time praying for us. That church spent time praying that God would help us to accomplish the vision that God has given Big Valley Grace Community Church. And I just thought, wow, that's pretty special Amen. that there's a church in Vietnam that's praying for us right now, that we might be obedient to what God's calling us to do. So we're celebrating uh, the short-term mission. We're celebrating the success of that. And then also just that the majority of the team members are already home. So we're praising God for that. In addition, as, as Pastor Brandon shared, during the month of December, we had 125 decisions for Christ. And, and you may be one of the people who made a decision for Christ in the month of December. 
And I just want to say I'm glad that you're back here. And, and keep coming to church on the weekend. We want to continue to partner with you as you're making a decision for Christ. And as Pastor Ben shared earlier, all of those classes and groups that are starting up in this new year, those are opportunities for us to help you get plugged in and to take a next step as you're learning to follow Christ in the new decision that you've made. And so take advantage of that. Those are great resources for you to take a next step. Maybe you're a person who invited someone during the month of December, and I would encourage you to follow up with the person that you invited. Maybe it was a family member or a friend or maybe one of your neighbors. I would encourage you to, to circle back around, follow up with the person that you invited. You know, people come, they're very likely to come to church on the arm of a trusted friend, and you're that trusted friend. And so follow up with them and see how they're doing and encourage them to come to church with you. And wow, we just want to continue to help people take a next step as they're learning to follow Christ. Well, uh, as we, you know, Christmas season's now past, we're into the new year, we're looking ahead uh, to things that are coming, and I'm going to be sharing, uh, we are doing a number of vision events, and I have another one that I'm going to be doing in February. I want to invite you to be a part of it if you'd like to come. At this vision event, it's on February 1st from 6.30 to 8, I'll be sharing about our plans for this summer, I'll be sharing about our plans during Easter, and I'll be sharing about our plans for a capital campaign project that we're going to be launching this year. We'll have dessert together. We'll have coffee together. And if that sounds like uh, you'd like to spend an evening with me as I share about those things at this vision event, I just want you to know I would love for you to be a part. You can sign up three ways. You can take your smartphone and point the camera at the square on the screen and click the link. Or you can go to bbg.org, F-E-B-1, for February 1st. You can sign up there. Or... Just come out to the Welcome Center. I'll be in the Welcome Center right after the gathering, and that slide will be up there, and I can help you figure out how to get signed up. But I would love uh, to spend an evening with you just sharing about the vision for our church. Well, we, in the month of January, we're starting a brand new series, and I'm glad that you're here, that we're, we're kicking off the new year together, worshiping the Lord. And this series is called Poor. And the reason this series is called Pour is it's a series about how God pours into our life, how we can live a life that's full in Christ, that we might be able to pour into the lives of others, and how about this generation needs Jesus. This generation needs Jesus. This generation needs people who are following Jesus, who have been filled up by Jesus, and who are pouring out their lives for Jesus. This generation needs Christians whose lives are being transformed by the love of God that they might then be an incredible influence to the people who are around them. And so I'm really glad to be together. We're gonna be looking at a lot of different verses together today. But the first one I'll share is from Romans 15, verse 13. And it says may. And anytime in scripture when we see the word may, it's indicating that there's a prayer happening here. And this is, this is a prayer that Paul is writing. May the God of hope fill you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I don't know what state you came in today. Maybe things, you know, you're eight days into the new year and things are going really great. 
Maybe eight days into the new year, things are kind of just so-so. Maybe things haven't gone well already, and, and things are just not, not going well. I don't know which way you came in, but I know this. I know the God of hope wants to fill you. The God of hope wants to fill you with his joy, with his peace as you believe in him so that you might, by the power of the Holy Spirit, abound in hope because of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us as we begin. Father God, Lord, I pray this passage over our church. May the God of hope fill Big Valley Grace Community Church with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Big Valley Grace Community Church may abound in hope. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who's our Lord God and Savior from our sin. And all God's family said, amen. Amen. Well, as we begin, I want to share an illustration. And the illustration uh, uses these items. A pitcher, a cup, a saucer, and a plate. It'll be easy for you to remember because these, probably you have something Similar to these in your house, you have a pitcher of some sort, a, you know, a cup of some sort. My house, a lot of people, everyone has a favorite cup. They always leave them out on the counter, and so I put them away for them. And you, you know, you might have a saucer and and plates, right? So these these items, because they're familiar, it'll be easy to remember. Pitcher, cup, saucer, plate. This illustration was shared with me by a friend of mine named Pastor Chuck Miller. He's with Jesus now. And he shared this, and it's been an impactful illustration for my own life as I consider, how does God want to pour into my life? How does God want me to live full in Christ? How does God want me to pour into the lives of others? And so let's, uh, let's consider what each of the elements of the pitcher, cup, saucer, plate represent. First, the pitcher. The pitcher represents uh, God. It represents all that God is, all who God is, all that God longs to pour into the cup of our lives. His very being, his existence as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, his character and his desires for my life. And so the picture represents God. The cup represents my life, it represents your life and it's unique and it's distinctive. And just like every cup is different, your life is different from the person next to you. We're all unique and been created by God. And it represents who God created us to be and who God created us to become in him. It represents how God longs and desires to continually pour himself into the cup of my life until the cup is full and it's overflowing with God's character, and God's grace. And this divine overflow, it, it spills onto the saucer, and that's really the point of the saucer, is to catch what comes out of the cup. And the saucer represents the relationships in my life, the people that I spend time with, however frequent or infrequent. But the, the, the saucer represents the network of people that my life touches. And then finally, Underneath that is a plate, and the plate represents events, places, organizations that I am involved in, that God's presence, as God's presence is filling the cup of my life and overflowing into relationships, now God's presence is spilling into the environments that I am a part of, and even the places where I have leadership or the places where I'm able to influence others. 
And so we have these four elements, the pitcher, the cup, and the saucer, and the plate. And I would share this as we begin, that really to a warning. And the warning is about three dangers to avoid as we even consider this illustration. And the first danger to avoid is, danger number one is to prioritize myself, that's what the cup represents, to prioritize myself over God. That's like taking the cup, turning it upside down. That's ignoring the Lord. It's turning our back on him. It's saying, you know, I don't really need God. I don't really need what God wants to pour into my life. That's an incredible danger, and we want to avoid that, prioritizing myself over God. The second danger that we want to avoid is prioritizing people over God. The saucer represents people, and that's like taking the saucer and putting it right on top of the cup and having people be the most important thing in our life instead of God being the most important thing in our life. And when we put people over God, I mean, it's pretty hard for the pitcher to pour into the cup in this way because there's a saucer in the way. That's danger number two, prioritizing people over God. Danger number three is prioritizing works over God. Remember, the plate represents events and places and organizations. You might even consider it as the things that you're involved in to do and and your to-do list, your tasks. And a danger here is to take our works and to prioritize that over our relationship with God. That's like taking the plate and setting it on top of the cup. Clearly, it's gonna get in the way of the pitcher pouring into the cup. And even as I share this, you might be realizing right now that you've prioritized yourself (coughs) over God. Or maybe you've realized, man, I've been prioritizing people over God. Or maybe you're realizing, man, I've been prioritizing my to-do list, my tasks, my places, events, and organizations over God. And maybe what this is going to be right now for you is a great reminder that today can be a fresh start for you. Today can be a fresh start for you where you could prioritize God over myself, over people, and over works. And you'd really put God first. Jesus, in Matthew 22, he's interacting with the group. And in verse 34, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he, Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? In other words, what the lawyer is asking, and if I take my Bible here and I turn to where the beginning of the Gospels are in Matthew right there, the lawyer is saying, hey, in all the entirety of the Old Testament, what's most important? What's the most important command in all of the scriptures, which would have been the Old Testament at that time for when the lawyer is asking? And Jesus said, this is what it is. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Jesus is very clear. In all that the Old Testament teaches, the priority is that we would love God. And we'd love him with all of our heart and with all of our mind and with all of our soul. And one of the gospels adds strength, all of our strength. That we'd love God with all of who we are. That's the priority, is to prioritize God. 
And then he says, a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So if you take loving God and you take loving other people, that's like saying that's the foundation of what God is trying to teach you through the entirety of Scripture, that you would love God and you would love other people. It's really where the vision for our church has come from. Love your actual neighbor. Jesus said you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, love your actual neighbor. What does this mean? Well, this means every member of the body of Christ, that's believers, being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, who God places the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer, to evangelize, that's sharing the gospel, and discipling, that's helping people grow in their faith, our actual neighbors, the people who are right around us, and leading them to do the same, because that's how the church grows. That's how the church multiplies. And a question might occur, and the question might be, love your actual neighbor, how am I supposed to go and love my actual neighbor? And I would encourage you to focus first on loving God, to love God. Focus on loving God with all of your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength. Because when you focus on loving God first, what you will realize is that God loves you way more than you love God. God says that he loves us with an everlasting love. God says that he will never leave us or forsake us. The love that God has for us was demonstrated when Christ died on the cross for us. And as we love God, we will come to realize that he loves us more than we will ever understand. God loves us. And it's from that place of being loved by God and being full because God has loved us that it will overflow into our lives to be able to go do the things that God has called us to do, like love your actual neighbor. We see in Scripture examples of people prioritizing God. We see this in the life of Abraham. In Genesis 19, verse 27, it says, Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. We see this also in the life of King David in Psalm 119, 147. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. And some of you are thinking right now, oh no, is this a sermon about getting up early? Because that wasn't a part of my New Year's resolution. No, this is not a sermon about getting up early. But what this is clearly teaching is these people had a priority. There was a priority. And the priority is God. So whether you stay up late or get up early, the lesson we can learn is where is the moment where we are prioritizing God? And how does that moment now spill into the rest of our life? We see this in the life of Jesus. In Mark 1, 35, it says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, Jesus, departed, and he went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Even in Jesus' earthly ministry, we see him prioritizing spending time with the Father. And Jesus invites us to himself in the same way. In John 15, verse 7, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Because when we abide in Jesus, our heart then gets in line with his heart. And when his words abide in us, his words then line up our words. And when our heart and our words are matching the heart and the words of Christ, we're going to ask for the things that Christ wants asked for. And so we're going to get the things we ask for because we're actually asking for the things he wants us to be asking for. 
And so he welcomes us into abide in him. And so that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to really focus on the pitcher. The pitcher who represents one God, who the scriptures teach is three persons. One God in three persons who pours into us as we abide in him. So we'll start by looking at some really clear passages that help us understand that God is one God in three persons. In Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, it says, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open, and the Spirit, that's a person of God, descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, that's another person in God. With you I am, that's another person in God. Well, please. Right there in that verse, we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We see it again in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's one person of God. And the love of God, that's another person of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, that's another person of God. Be with you all. Right there in that verse, we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so what we want to do is we want to look at each of them and how each of them is pouring into our lives. And so person number one... God the Father pours into us as we abide in him. God the Father pours into us as we abide in him. Let's look at some passages together. In Psalm 19, verse 1, it tells us about the things that God has done. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Now, I don't know if you're a person who likes to stay up late, or if you're a person who likes to get up early, or if you're a person who just likes to sleep all the time. But what my challenge would be is that at some moment when it's dark, go outside, look up, see what God has done, see what he has put in the sky. Because it's a very sobering thing to go out and to look at the night sky and to see how huge and enormous God is and what his ability is. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaim his handiwork. God created everything. In a very specific part of God's creation, he did something very special. We see this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So here we see that one of the ways God pours into man is actually breathing life into him. That means you are very special and you are very unique because the breath you breathe, you have because God chose to breathe into you. And every time you take a breath, you're taking that breath in the grace and the mercy and the love that God has shown towards you. You know, in the scripture, we see that God the Father, when his kids recognize him as God the Father, it fills him with joy and pleasure. And when his kids don't recognize him as God the Father, it breaks his heart. An example of that we see in Jeremiah 3, verse 19. I said, how I would set you among my sons and give you a pleasant land, a heritage most beautiful of all nations. And I thought you would call me my father. And I thought you would call me my father. 
and would not turn from following me. Surely as a treacherous wife leaves her husband, so you have been treacherous to me, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. Do you hear the heartbreak of God the Father when his kids are not recognizing him as God the Father? We see in Romans chapter 8 the clear description of how God wants us to come to him as our Father. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. And when a family like mine reads that passage, it means something very specific as we have welcomed five children into our home and have five children that have been adopted. And how five children who were outside of our family came into our family and we see them as our children. That's how we look at our children. They are our children. And that is what God the Father has done for us. He has brought us into relationship with him and he sees us because of Christ as his children. As adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. God wants us to acknowledge him as Father and to call him Father. I tell you, it's a very special moment that my wife and I will never forget. It's the moment when, you know, each of our nine children called us mom for the first time, dad for the first time, how special that is. And God wants us to address him as father. That is special because we are his children. The Spirit himself bears witness with us that our spirit, with our spirit, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we also may be glorified with him. I use a tool to pray for my neighbors. It's a website and an app. It's called Bless Every Home. And it gives me five of my neighbors to pray for every day. And on Friday, it caught my attention in a whole new way. Because on Friday, it asked me to pray for my neighbors regarding their experience with their father. To pray for my neighbors regarding the experience they've had with their father. And it, it made me remember a moment when a very young neighbor girl, when I was first getting to know her, communicated to me, my dad doesn't like children. And I thought, for a child to say that, a young child to say, my dad doesn't like children. Well, I remembered that on Friday as I was praying for my neighbors and their experience with their father, and I began to pray for that neighbor specifically. God May this neighbor come to know you and come to know you as Father God who loves him, who cares about him, who is merciful and forgiving to him. And may his life be changed because he now recognizes you as Father God. And as he comes to know you as Father God, may it radically change his home environment that his child might then be able to look at her father to say, my dad knows that God loves him. And there might be a new story that is told in that home. Oh, wow. You might wanna start praying along with me for your neighbors by name. We have over 160 people in our church who are using this tool right now to pray for their neighbors by name. You just go to blesseveryhome.com. You, you put yourself in as, as one of the, the folks from Big Valley Grace. And maybe God will start using it in your life. I know he's using it in mine as I'm praying for my neighbors by name.
Person number two is God the Son. And God the Son pours into us as we abide in him. God the Son pours into us as we abide in him. We see in Luke chapter 4, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he quotes the prophet to explain what he's here to do. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let me ask you a question. If, 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 if the poor you know received good news, if, if the captives received liberty, if the blind received sight, if those who are oppressed received liberty, if you knew people like that who experienced freedom, would you celebrate? Because that's what Jesus came to do. He came to address the spiritually poor. And he came to address the spiritually captive. And he came to address the spiritually blind and the spiritually oppressed. That they might be liberated to freedom in him. This is how Christ pours in to our life. As we abide in him. We find freedom by the great liberator of our souls. Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus in Matthew 9, verse 36, it says when he saw the crowds, I don't know what your experience is when you see crowds. When I see crowds, I go the other way and I look for a shorter line. But when Jesus sees the crowds, he has an interesting response. It says he had compassion for them because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And what's amazing about Jesus is when he sees an issue like this, he does something about it. In John 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus sees the crowd. They're harassed. They're helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He shows up and says, I will be your good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I will lay down my life. For you, so that you might be able to not be harassed and helpless any longer. It's a picture of the compassion that Jesus has for us. We had the opportunity to celebrate communion together today. And part of what Pastor Ben referenced, we see again in Matthew 26, verse 27. It says, He, Jesus, took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, to his disciples. He said, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. God the Son literally poured out his blood for us. And as we abide in him, we realize that he has done this. And we really step into the forgiveness that God wants us to step into. That we might live a people who are forgiven because of the blood of Christ that has paid for our sin. You know, there's a real difference between, you know, Adam receiving physical life and Christ giving spiritual life. The Bible teaches us this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. It says, the first Adam became a living being. In other words, we've inherited physical life through the genealogy of Adam. But the last Adam, it's referring to Christ, became a life-giving spirit. So we inherit spiritual life through the genealogy of Christ. Through Christ, we experience a life-giving spirit. 
And this takes us to person number three. God the Spirit pours into our life as we abide in him. God the Spirit pours into our life as we abide in him. In John 14, Jesus teaches about the role of the Holy Spirit. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. And I would just say, do you notice how all three persons of God were in that verse? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. God the Son asked God the Father to give God the Holy Spirit to the children of God. And the children of God have God the Holy Spirit living in them at the request of God the Son given by God the Father. Do you see how God the Holy Spirit is poured into your life? In Romans 8, 27, we learn something really interesting about part of the role of what the Holy Spirit does in our life. It says, he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit of God is interceding on our behalf. That should give us great courage and encouragement, boldness and hope as we pray. To go, God, even as I come to you to pray, even if I feel like I don't have all the right words and I don't know all the right things to be praying, God, I'm going to pour out my life to you and I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit of God that lives in me is going to help me communicate to you, God, the things that I need to tell you. That the Holy Spirit of God will work in my life as I, even as I'm praying to help me even be praying in the way that God would want me to be praying, coming to him and talking with him. And that's what prayer is. It's coming to God and talking with him. In John 16, Jesus goes on to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. And what he's talking about is he was gonna go to the cross, die on the cross, he was gonna be buried in a tomb, he was gonna be resurrected to new life, and then he was gonna ascend to the Father. And so he's telling his disciples, I'm gonna be going away. He says, it's your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. And he's referring to the Holy Spirit. He's calling him the helper. But if I go, I will send him to you. So if he goes back to the Father, he will send the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, the helper, the Holy Spirit, look at what the Holy Spirit does. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Do you see what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit convicts the world concerning three things, sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judge. The Holy Spirit is very active in the lives of believers. It goes on to say, I still have many things to say to you. Jesus is telling his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Well, what's Jesus gonna do? He's heading away. He's got a lot of stuff he wants to tell his disciples. How's that gonna get solved? What does Jesus do? Verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, speaking of the Holy Spirit of God, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but he, whatever he hears, he will speak. So the Holy Spirit is hearing and speaking. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus Christ. For he will take what is mine. The Holy Spirit takes what is, belongs to Jesus Christ and declare it to the children of God. Declare it to you. 
All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So what Jesus is teaching is God the Holy Spirit is taking all that God the Father has and all that God the Son has and is declaring it to the children of God. Do you see how active the Holy Spirit of God is? We see this in an incredible way that we'll refer to as like the birth of the church, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit of God is poured out. And at that time, they quote a very famous person in the Bible who has an exceptionally good first name, and it's Joel. And it says this, (laughs) and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. God told his people that he was going to pour out his spirit on them long before he ever did it. Jesus told his disciples he was going to give them the Holy Spirit long before the Holy Spirit ever came. God's plan was to have the Holy Spirit of God be in the children of God. It's pretty incredible. Now, as we look at all these ways that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit pour into our lives as we abide in him, my encouragement to you would be simply this. Receive. Receive what God desires to pour into your life. Receive. Receive what God desires to pour into your life. And it might be that today is the day that you're ready to receive. It might be you're ready to receive what God desires to pour into your life for the first time. It might be you're ready to receive what God desires to pour into your life again. And you're ready just to keep receiving. But you know that today's that day. Today's the day where you're going to receive what God desires to pour into your life. And I want to take a moment to pray for you. And I want to be able to keep praying for you. And one of the ways that you can help me to be able to keep praying for you and our team to keep praying for you is that you can use the Connect card to let us know God's doing something in your life. The front you can fill out. The back, it lets us know if there's a decision you're making for Christ today. And we would love to continue to be praying with you. There's a place you can write down a prayer request. And it might be that today's the day where you are ready to receive what God desires to pour into your life for the first time or again. But you know it's today. I want to pray for you. We want to keep praying for you. So you can fill this Connect card out. You can place it next to any of the exits. There's a black box. You can put these in those black boxes. But I want to pray for you right now as we're closing our time. Father God, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity in 2023, a brand new year, to come together and to worship together as a church family. Thank you for a new opportunity to look at how you pour into our lives, how you want us to live full in Christ, how you are going to use us to pour into the lives of others. And and that's into a generation that desperately needs Jesus right now. And Lord, I would ask for whoever it is right now that you're stirring in their life right now, you're stirring something up in their life right now, and they're, they're really wanting to receive from you, God, I pray that you would really minister to them right now. And you would welcome them in close, Lord, as they're ready to receive from God all that you want to pour into their life. 
Maybe it's for the first time. Maybe it's, it's just again and again and again. And it's just, just another moment ready to receive what God wants to pour into our life. So Lord, help us. Help us to turn our attention to you to see how incredibly amazing God you are. That we would be in awe of how amazing God you are. We'd turn our attention to you and we would worship you. So Lord, help us to have our eyes be on you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all of God's family said, amen.